to Girly MMA Fan Podcast, episode four. I just would like to start off by saying what an imbecile I feel like um, for not figuring out how to use my mic and my, my headphones at the same time. It only took me four fucking episodes to figure it out. But you know what? Here's the thing. I think I gave full disclosure what this was going to be. A fucking shit show. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the whole point is that I got it figured out. All right. So this episode is actually going to be a conversation with my guest who I had spoke about in episode one. We had some major technical difficulties. It was not supposed to be a recorded phone conversation because I knew it was going to be shitty quality if I did that. But since I couldn't figure out how to do it on the um, the app that I was trying to do it from, I decided to um, just record the conversation. I wasn't about to let a little bump on the road um, interrupt my plans. So yes, the sound is going to be fucking terrible, but it is a phone conversation. So keep that in mind. I'm going to tell you this is a great fucking episode. It's a fucking long one, but it's a great fucking episode. So sit your ass down, grab some fucking, grab a fucking brewski, pop it open and just enjoy. As promised, I have my first guest ever. I'm super fucking excited. Welcome, Gabe. You didn't even know that the podcast was happening, right? And then, well, I mean, I had told you about it, but then I hit you with that post that you didn't even know I was going to post. I was like, tagged you, and it was like, Gabe's going to be my first fucking guest on my podcast. I was all stoked about it, but I guess I'm on episode four now, but (laughs) I take it. (laughs) So we hung out on Saturday um, and watched the fight. And we talked about this, and he decided to bring that shit up like it was my fault. Listen, I had to get shit figured out. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with this podcast. I didn't know if I was even going to get it done. So by the time I got my groove going, I was like, okay, now I feel like it's not like I brought in, like, fucking three guests and then fucking called you like, hey, you ready to come on? Right, right. That, that was your argument. Your argument was I was still your first guest, so I'm going to take it. I'm not going to complain too much. So first I want to talk about, um, let me just get a quick segment out of the way. This was actually Gabe's job. This was literally the only job that I gave to Gabe. It's, hey, I have this new segment going on called Fight to Rewatch. Take a fight so that I can, <laughs> I can give it to the listeners. He didn't give me that. Do you remember that? Well, well uh, I don't know if I remember that, but now I do. <laughs> I, so I, I can't I, hey, hey, granted, I told them when we were drunk. <laughs> right. That that was the catch right there. That's why. That's I don't the recall, catch. That's but... the part I left out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So since he didn't do that, I went. I took it upon myself to uh, quickly scramble and pick up a fight. The UFC 139. So I was actually at that fight, the uh, Dan Henderson, Shogun Rua, that was here in San Jose. I gave Gabe the job to choose a fight for the watch of the, for the segment, right? And I just so happened to choose the fight that he was at here in San Jose. I don't know if that's crazy coincidence or not, but come on. You can't fucking plan that. How fucking right. is that? When, when I saw that that's the fight you picked, I was like, oh, man, she can't pick a big, better fight for me, you know, for me to rewatch. I was there live. Um, 
what, what are the chances, right? What are the I mean, fucking the chances? Thing, so these two guys just went at it. I mean, I was sitting there in awe, right? The first two rounds were just straight crazy. Anderson dropping him, Shogun surviving, Shogun almost finishing him. I mean, they went at it. It was a, I mean, classic fight. A little, a little side piece to that. Actually, a great fight to rewatch on that same card with the co-main event. Go ahead. Vandalay Silva versus Kung Lee, right? And just a little, a little something for myself, right? Growing up in this area, San Jose, Strike Force was, you know. Fuck yeah, here in San Jose, and 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 their guy that their 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 guy that they used to sell out the arena was Kung Lee. So I watched Kung Lee come up, right? He was the guy in Strive Force, and finally he went to the UFC. So when he fought Vandalay, it was like um, it was just wild to see Vandalay, the pride, the murderer, all this guy versus my guy Kung Lee, the little the little Strike Force promotion that you know made it. And uh, they went at it, dude. That was a classic fight. You got to check it out. Vandalay Silva was uh, just his classic old style. He got him in this high clinch, busted up Kung Lee's face, broke his nose. I mean, a classic fight. You know what? This motherfucker just came to whoop my fucking fight to rewatch right up as we're speaking. (laughs) Because I want to go back and watch this fight now. I I had to switch it up. Hey, I mean... You can't go wrong with either fight, honestly. I mean, either fight are classics. Um, you know, Henderson and Shogun's known as top five of all time. And other little side note about that same night is there was another classic fight. It was uh, Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez. Yay! exact night. You're right. That I didn't even look at the card. I just These are fights that I remember at the top of my head being great. Look at this guy knows what he's talking about. That's what I'm saying. But those fights, man, like good fucking call on those. I'll make sure to add those on the description so that you guys can go ahead and check those out. All in the same night. All three of them. Same night. Yeah. You can't really get better than that. Three classics in one night. So, like, you could just pull it up on the UFC Fight Pass. Hey, damn. Now that we got that little segment out of the way, that's actually, I'm not linking it on YouTube because it's not on YouTube. So, you got to go watch it on Fight Pass. So, Gabe, I want to ask you, how the fuck did you get into MMA? Because you're one of those guys that I know. I mean, I can ask you any fucking question about MMA, and you fucking know it. Like, how did you get to the point where you started even watching MMA? Oh, you know, I was like Manny back in the day with Ultimate Fighter 1, right? So I was, uh, I don't know, I was probably a teenager, 17, 18 years old. Ultimate Fighter came on TV, and that really is what started the ball movie on the MMA. Ah, so Ultimate Fighter had to be like 2000, you know, about 2004. So, uh, so that's really what got me going. I mean, prior to that, I was a big boxing fan. You know, growing up, we watched all these. Mike Tyson, Julio Cesar Chavez um, fights, right? So I think when MMA came around, it was an easy transition for me going from, you know, combat sports and boxing into uh, MMA. So really the ultimate fighters like Manny got me started. But what really did it was uh, I went to my first live event. It was was George St. Pierre versus Matt Hughes, number two in Sacramento. It was my first fight. My first live fight in person, it was, um, I forget what UFC number it was, but it was back in the 60s, like UFC 60-something in yeah. 2006. 
And uh, it was wild. It was absolutely, it blew my mind. Like watching an event live was just something like it got me hooked. I mean, you know me now. Like, so that's really where it started. I would say it was uh, the Ultimate Fighter one. And it was that first fight with George, or it was actually George St. Pierre and um, Matt Hughes, number two, right? It was their second fight. It was the first time GSP right. won his title. And it was a wrap after that. After that, I mean, I, you know, I can't miss an event. That's 14 years ago, and to this day, you know how I am. How I, am. I try uh, to catch every that? event. Me and fucking Gabe used to be roommates. And sure. I'm going to tell you that that was one of, like, the best times when I lived where I lived because we that's all we did is watch all the we did. fights. It wasn't just USC fights that we were watching. It wasn't oh, just no. Dallas or – we were watching, uh, what was it, RFA, Legacy, Legacy. RFA, yeah. Yeah, what was, the, what, what was the channel that we used to watch it on? Um, oh, Access Fight. Yeah, Access TV. Access, you know, Access Fight. TV. Do you remember? You remember, we used to fucking watch Holly Holmes, The Preacher's Daughter. Right. We were talking. We were talking about. We're talking about the four. Yeah. He came. He, and, you know. It's one of the things I honestly like is watching all these young fighters coming up, right? And that's the advantage. That's how you really get to know these fighters. You start watching them at at this young stage, right? And then you get attached to them because they're not this big-time guy yet. It's like your little secret, right? It's your little hidden gem, right? And we used to Yeah, Sage. I mean, Brian Ortega. Brian, Brian Ortega, right. Guys, I believe, and I believe I'm not joking when I say we used to watch these guys. I was our yeah. like routine. We would fucking buy the fights. We would watch the fights all the time. And so that's why I said it was so fucking great living with this dude because that's what we fucking talked about. That was it. And so what did you think when, when we first met each other and you were like, yeah, this chick don't fucking know what she's talking about. And I talked about this in my introduction in my um, in my first episode and I think on my Instagram about how I per- I am perceived as just this fucking pretty girl or whatever that fucking just doesn't know shit about, you know, it, you always have to earn that respect. Somebody like you that knows me in person, what was your thing when you met me and I realized she actually knows what the fuck she's talking about? Wow. So there was a couple instances, right? But there was one in particular, I'm actually forgetting the guy's name. But we were watching Bellator at the time, and this was way back in the day when they used to do the tournaments, right? And uh, there's this Russian guy, Magnet something something Shabaliet, I forget his name. But I mean, you knew all about him. You knew his name. I was like, God damn! Like, I mean, I barely knew his name. I barely knew who, who he was coming up through Bellator. I think he was fighting Pat Curran at the time, and I was like, All right, dude. Like, you know, if she knows yeah. this, I mean, shit. If she knows, like, you know, this level of fighting Bellator at the time was still on the rise. I mean, it wasn't even the second-tier promotion at the time. Right. And I was like, man, if she knows this, like, all right. I mean. And, and I think little by little, after watching so many fights together, having, like, fucking late-night conversations, just debating, bro, debating. Um, debating, yeah. debating, and debating some more. Still debating. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. I mean, um. That is why, you guys, I am so uh, adamant about having this guy on as my co-host because I wouldn't ask anybody fucking else. This is the guy that I fucking trust with, like, if I ask him something, 
I'm going to trust what he tells me. If he tells me I'm fucking wrong, I'm going to believe that I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Why we got to get this guy on here. So, so let's do it. Let's go ahead and get started. So let's talk about some recent news. How do you feel about Conor McGregor's uh, retirement? Oh, so for being the third time, you know, it's just uh, another another little trick that he's trying to use to negotiate, I think, right? I mean, everyone's trying to do that with Dana right now, trying to make that uh, extra money. I think that, honestly, he's throwing a bitch fit because he, like, they didn't run up, offer them the fight with, with uh, Justin Gates. I think that his ego was a little hurt. <laughs> but that's part but, of the negotiation, right? If he scares Dana enough and Dana's hurting for money right now with everything that's going on, that maybe Dana would give in a little. And, you know, Dana's shown that he's always given to Connor whatever he requests, whether it was the Mayweather fight, you know, the Khabib jumping up in weight classes. He somehow gets his way with Uncle Dana. Well, I mean, I but I do you, okay, do you think that Connor has the same push today that he had two years ago? A year ago, maybe? Well, I don't know about a year or two ago, but he definitely doesn't have the same push he had when he was first coming up. Everything that he's saying, I feel like back in the day, like a couple of years ago, I feel like he would have snapped his fingers. Uncle Dana would have did whatever the fuck he wanted. But like I said, that goes back to Connor being his little ego being hurt. Almost like, how dare you not give me the shot with Khabib? Or, or how dare you give, not give me the shot with, to, with Justin Gaethje? Like, I deserve that shot. Why do we have to wait till September? Like, he can't just take that he's not the star of All-Star, like the face of the fucking UFC anymore. Right. And that has changed. Like Jackie said, uh, he's lost some clout with the guys, with the fighters. He's lost some clout. I mean, before everyone wanted to fight him, he was the name, he was the marquee guy to fight, right? And, and that's now, what I'm Justin, talking about, is that I think right, that Justin, him. To realize that right. he's not the top guy anymore. He's not the top bra like draw anymore. He's not he's not drawing in the crowds that we used to. I feel like that's more Masvidal right now. Well, Masvidal is the new the new guy in the block, so to speak, even though he's been around the long. We think that for Conor McGregor, it, it hurts a little bit, and so he's just like the kid that picks up the ball and runs home. It's my fucking ball. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. That's well, that's what happened with Carter. He, 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 he dropped that ball, and you know, people pick it up and run with it. Right. But um, you got—I I feel like you got a lot of fighters right now going up, going in the same route. Um, you got John Jones vacating, you know, tweeting out vacating that the his title. How do you feel about that one? Once again, I, you know, I don't know what he's doing, right? Because besides it being for money, which it is. I mean, the guy lost two and a half years, three years of his career. He should be making up fights like he has the last couple, you know, the last year or so. He had like three, four fights. He should still be taking all these fights. And honestly, the light heavyweight division is weak. You know, he, he could add to that legacy by having some more title defenses. But, you know, he, he's trying to get that money. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I mean, if he's going to go up to fight Nagani, you better pay that guy some money. Hey, Nagani's if you, will, head if you don't pay a motherfucker to possibly get his fucking head popped off his body, you better pay him an extra fucking mil. Like, get the fuck out At of least. <laughs> and, and what do you do? And on top of that, he's the champion. He has everything to lose. What does Zingano have to lose? He's fucking, what, loses to John Jones? You know what I'm saying? One of those things where... Ingano would benefit more from this fight. And Definitely. I just feel like he should stay in his fucking lane. Or, I mean, if he's really, really, I just, what do you think about, I, I, and which brings me to my next point, honestly. 
John Jones versus Ngano, what would happen in that fight? Like, realistically, what do you think would happen in that fight? That John Jones, the, the way that he fights, so smart, right? Uses every inch of his body to make sure that he keeps his distance and goes in, goes out. He's perfect, right? But what happens right. when he... What happens when you close that disc? You got you got Ngano, it's like, well, then what happens when they work you and they maybe gas you? You know what I'm saying? So I think it comes down to whether John Jones, so you were talking about him having the distance. In reality, in this fight, I believe John Jones has to cut, um, shorten the distance, get within, yeah. you know, a clinch, a takedown, and get him to the ground. Kind of, dude, I think Nagano, you know, like his last fight, he just bun ru- bull rushed the guy, right? And that's what he has to do with John Jones. Like, in the two fights he lost, right, to Stipe and um, Derek Lewis, he mm-hmm. tried to be conservative. He tried to save his gas tank, and he, he lost both, both fights, right? He ain't right. going to be able to do that with John Jones. John Jones just has a higher fighter IQ. Oh. He will win the five-round fight. They went five rounds. Hell, but yeah. Laganu, what Nagani has to do, he's going to have to put the pressure on him. He's going to have to hope to stuff one of his takedowns. It kind of put some doubt in John Jones' head regarding the takedowns, right? And, right. At, and at that point, if he could do that, I mean, Nagano is going to knock him out, uh, I mean, for a second round. Once he lays hands on him, he's going and to be I, and, and that's my thing. It's like, that's great. That's how I felt about this whole, like, um, Dominic Cruz thing, right? Everybody was saying, like, oh, he can knock him out, like, blah, blah, blah. And, and my argument was, like, you got, you got to catch the guy first, right? So it's like, can 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 Engano do enough to to fucking catch Jones and and not let him fucking slip away? Because motherfucker is good at that shit. He is good at fucking making sure that you don't touch him. You know what I mean? So on the feet, I mean. So bro, as of late, he's been hit a bit more. You know the Tiago Santos fight. But he hasn't been hit by a fucking box. Yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. <laughs> You know, I think it's a real big difference getting from a hit from with Alexander Gustafsson versus you getting hit by fucking Engano. It's a world of a difference. Right, that. right. There's not even a question about the power from either of those guys comparable to Nagani. I mean, this is just like fucking basically just talking shit. Cause this shit this, I don't think this fight's ever going to happen. This is just for shits and giggles at this point, folks. Well, yeah, I, you know. It's hard to bet, bet against Jones, honestly, right? Because he's but legitimately exactly never lost a fight. Um, it, I really, it depends for me, like, you know, where Jones, John Jones comes in at. Is he going to be 235, 245? Because is a huge man. Jones oh, has to really kind of bulk up. He's fucking terrifying. He's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, I want to know what, what like, he cuts down to. Just... I want to know what Nagano cut, cuts down from. He has to be weighing about 290, walking around 285. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, if, you don't, if you're willing to sign a con- like, going back to the point with contracts, I mean, with fights, and how much you're getting paid, I most definitely think that if you're denying him more payments to fight a man like Engano, like, you're, you're just being ignorant at that point. You think he don't deserve more money to possibly get his fucking head popped off? I don't think so. It's just like, come on. That's just being greedy, you know what I mean? Well, that's getting a lie for you right there. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the what he pays his fighters comparable to, you know, the other top sports, football, baseball, basketball. I mean, you know, paid them, I think, like an 18 to 20% of the whole pie where these other sports get, actually, you know, half of the pie. Actually, it's funny that you bring that up because it's actually still at like 13%. And I was talking about 
yeah, it's still at 13%. I was actually listening to, um, you know, Josh Thompson's podcast, uh, Weighing In. Right. John the Referee. They have a yep. podcast. Big John. And they were actually talking about it. I was fucking shocked. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And they're, they're, they're trying to fight for, I guess you said, it should at least be 18%. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's a, I, I don't know what, if I heard that right, but that's what they said. It, it was a complete joke. And the problem is that the fighters take it, right? The fighters take it. And I mean, because they're trying honestly, to make a fucking living. But, I mean, you you got to get paid what you deserve, what you deserve, right? If you look at boxing, all these guys, world champions, for example, Amanda Nunez, she made uh, 500000 That was her salary for this last fight. Wow. Plus the, uh, plus the pay-per-views, right? Plus the pay-per-view buys, which I don't know what that is. But if you ever, if you look at like a champion in boxing or a double champion in boxing, I mean they're making millions of dollars, right? I'm I'm talking five, ten, fifteen. If you're talking like the top guys, Canelo, the heavyweights, they're making twenty, thirty, thirty-five million a fight. I, was, I, I mean John Jones being the best pound for pound guy, he has to at least be making ten and fifteen. Like it's and outrageous that's that these guys. It's unfair to say that that's not deserving. I actually had one of my followers um, had mentioned something like that. I said um, I had posted something on the Instagram for girly MMA fan, and I had it was something about salaries and how different and how crazy of a difference it was from boxing to MMA. And I, I said to the guy, "Listen, I, I hear you, but you know, boxing also how much how how old is the the sport of boxing? We're at the end of the day, UFC is just a newer sport. Do I think that they have the money to be able to pay their fighters at that caliber? Yeah, probably now. But I feel like with time, it'll it'll get better. And I feel like this, what's happening with all of these people, John Jones, Masvidal, Henry Cejudo, um, all these guys talking about, now they're talking about their contracts. Now they're talking about how underpaid they are. I think that this is a, one of those steps forward towards getting fighters paid more. Right. And that's what they got to do. It really starts. They kind of got to unite and protest against this shit and yeah. kind of like put on some type of strike. Well, first they got it. They got it. Um, they got union nights, right? They got to build a union. They were pushing for that a couple of years ago. Um, who was it? It was, I forget what the union they, they called it, but it was like TJ, Dillashaw, um, Kane Velasquez. It was a, yeah, they, you know, that's what they really have to do. If the fighters ever want to get paid a legitimate money, what they deserve, they got unionized. They got to come yeah. together and, and they got to let Dana. So Dana, you know, Dana thinks these guys are recyclable. Well, you know, we don't need you. The UFC doesn't exist without the fighters, right? And that's what the fighters have to understand. They got to, you know, honestly, respect themselves more. I mean, these guys are out there taking an ass whooping, you know, fight in, fight, you know, one fight well, after another. You got another. guys that left. You got guys like Rory McDonald that said, fuck you. You got people like Eddie Alvarez that said, and hey, good for them. And good for them. That's, that's, that, you know, that right there, if you're going to, it's Bellator. You know who else is considering a fucking, this is, this is the last fight on her contract, Paige Van Zandt. She, this is her last part of the contract. You think she, after all this bullshit, you think she's going to want to sign with Bell? I mean, with, with fucking, um, with the UFC, when her man's over there already at Bellator, you know Bellator's going to fucking pay her money. 
And, and Bellator is doing good things with her husband, right? And he doesn't even have near the height she had, right? Exactly. Just imagine what they could do with hey, her. Hey, who the fuck can be? And even if he didn't think so, they promote him to be. <laughs> and that's all that fucking matters in the fight world. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Bellator and, and honestly, uh, Paige Van Zandt, uh, she's on a top tier, top tier fighter. You know, I, mean, I don't believe, I don't believe she's what? a top she five, top to- ten. Let her go to Bellator, you know, right there. She'd be in the top five of Bellator's fighters. She'd be, you know, hitting those main event, co-main event, title fights possibly. I think Bellator is a better fit for her all around. I mean, there, there, there has to be that. I mean, I feel like the only – and, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to watch what I say on this based on her next performance because her next performance I feel like is going to be very important. If she comes out out of all the injuries, out of all the time that she has been out, and she comes out and she shows out, does she stay in the UFC and become a contender, a real challenge again? Because right now, let's talk, she's been out. She's been fucking out due to injury. We don't know how she's going to be. If she doesn't perform that well, go out to be Bellator, do what you got to do to impress the UFC again, and maybe come back with a better contract after you're done with them. Right. Yeah, I think it is time, regardless whether she wins or not. It looks like her and Dana aren't seeing eye to eye. So I don't think a lot yeah, of I think she, Did you also I, another I, thing that the um uh, that they they were talking about on weighing in, which I did not know. And tell me if you knew this. Did you know that champs every time they win a fight, they extend your contract three fights. That I know about the three these? fights. I didn't know That's about insane. the three fights, but yeah. So. Champions, um, champions can't just leave. Um, well, you know, I they know just they can't, can't leave. leave, but I just figured that they had a set amount of contracts, and I know that doesn't make sense because they're champions until they lose. You know what I mean? But I just didn't know that they were like, "Hey, if you win this one, you're extended three fights." And now it kind of it made me think, which I wrote down a note here. It made me think, well, what if somebody like John Jones is stepping back and relinquishing the their title to create a make the force the UFC to get another champion in there. That way he can get a contract to fight out of a contract. So what's going to have, have to happen? You know John Jones will have to relinquish his title. Then he's going to have to fight out his contract and, and in reality not have another title shot. Cause the way it works, Dana White, if he gives you a title shot, he reno, uh, renegotiates your contract. Right. So, he, right. you know, he doesn't put himself in a position where he's going to give you a title fight with, like, one fight left, and then he's screwed, right? So what he right. does, he goes, hey, I'm going to give you a new contract. I'm going to give you a pay bump. What, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put this in your contract. It's like a championship contract, right? I think that's what they call it. And um, it has, like, you know, little different things as far as being a champion. Um, you know, the contract is can do cocaine, the, uh, you can't <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, all that stuff, right? The pay per view buys. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I thought thought that was interesting because I was just like, Okay, well then in that case, John Jones, if he really wanted to, he can relinquish which he's claiming that he did based on that plea, right? He had well, tweeted has that he really he, though. Yes, he he but he has already tweeted that and said and I even posted it. You know what, Gabe? I don't appreciate you not checking the MMA girly MMA fan page. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. I, I, I got likes on all your I posts. Because I posted that shit. 
No, no so my uh, question so is, my question that. is, he, he, he tweeted it, that. but is he really, is he really, yeah, really the that. title? So what I'm saying is yeah, yeah, yeah. he mentioned it before, and that's what initiated me to think, well, what if this motherfucker really does this, does want to leave, and puts his belt on the line, right, and then fights out his contract to go get, to go somewhere else? Yeah, you know, I don't see John Jones leaving. It's really negotiating, negotiating, you don't negotiating see him for, for money. Nah, he won't leave. He won't leave. Yeah, he's I don't think he'll leave either. To be honest, he, now that I asked that to myself out loud, I don't think he'll leave. So what he gets is the pay per view buys, right? Where Bellator, right. One FC, or One Championship, any of these. Cool though, I feel like I really feel like, and don't don't come for me because I said that. But it's true. I don't feel like he pulls as much fights as he used to. Ever since that Dominic Reyes fight, I'm just saying, things change. Things change well, after that fight for him. We see. I mean, I mean, I, I had Dominic Reyes winning that fight. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, I, def- I definitely I do see John Jones. I remember the place I was at. I remember the wings I was eating. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> I was fucking pissed. <laughs> I think I think John Jones is trying to run away from Dominic Reyes. How about uh-huh. that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not arguing with you. I am not. And you know what? I think that's fucked up. I think that I I don't care what fuck who comes for me. I think Dominic Reyes won that fight 100. percent So going back to a question you asked me earlier about Conor McGregor, <laughs> whether he still has the fire, right? That's right. a good question about John Jones. Does he still have the fire? Does he still have the drive to be, you know, the John Jones of five years ago? You look at his last three fights, right? Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, and um, Dominic Reyes. I mean, gosh, all three of those fights didn't look like John Jones. And to be honest, I'm not going to hate on Anthony Smith. I mean, he did lose his last fight, but Anthony Smith has been like a journeyman his whole career. Let's be real. He yep. got ups and downs. He came to the UFC middleweight, came up to light heavyweight, knocked out some old guys, Rashad Evans, Shogun Rua on the way out, made a name off that and got a title shot, I believe, out of nowhere. And he fought good against John Jones, decent. But, I mean, John Jones five years ago would have murdered this guy. So does oh, John yeah. Jones still have that drive? Does he still have that, that passion that made him great? That's another yeah. question. That and honestly, I don't think so. And that's I think that that contributes to what I was saying about him not drawing so much fights anymore because people could see it, people could feel it. You know, when you watch a fighter, you can feel if they're in it. You can see that they they're they're dry, their excitement. And he just he doesn't he doesn't include that anymore for me. But get but, but guess what? People like always want to watch. But guess what people always want to watch? They want to see the greats lose, right? The people they hate. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, uh, me personally, now that I've seen John Jones kind of on his way down, I can't wait till I see him get knocked out. Or beat, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't <laughs> like the guy. Just let that be known. Just let that be known. But I will be buying him. Right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Look at the last couple of fights. You know what I mean? And, 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 and then and especially if he's trying to move up to heavyweight. Who's gonna knock him out? Nagano's gonna knock. Oh, well, Nagano, he moves up. Um, Dominic Reyes. What if, what if he stays with his own division? Oh shit! Besides Dominic Reyes, I really don't well, see anyone. There's, <laughs> there, there's a couple guys. Um, Alexander Rakic, he's coming up. Uh, he just beat um, Ozdemir, I believe that was his last fight. 
I believe he's like four or five and zero in the UFC, but uh, he just doesn't have the wrestling. I think John Jones would take him down. He has great stand up, but I mean, if you say that two or five, John Jones is going to run run shit. Besides Dominic Graves, there's no one that's going to compete with him in the next two years or so. And side note, I just like to note that Gabe's ability to uh, call uh, upcoming fighters is very impressive. It always has been. Don't start blessing, bro. Don't start blessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's always fucking been good at that. At that. Anyway, this was the guy that I was saying that I wanted eventually to be my co-host, which that's one of the segments that I wanted to give him is talking about upcoming fighters because he's really good at that. Anyway, so getting back I'll on. Take it. Um, what do you think about Henry um, calling out? coming out of retirement for Alex. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let me tell you about Henry Let me Cejudo. Let tell you. Dude. I did not see that one coming. I know, but I think it's a genius move. It oh, is a genius perfect. move. Genius. I mean, you can almost so say, first you of can all, almost say plan. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, and, and honestly, he risked everything by giving up his title. He gave up his title, but I think there was a greater plan behind it, and this is it right here. 100%. He's going to act like he's retired. He's going to demand a 145 title fight. If you want me back, right? And he's going to get paid. He's going to become the first triple champ. Oh, wait. He is triple champ already. My bad. What's that? (laughs) Triple champ, right? Brilliant. It was um, orchestrated. Like, once he said that, it all came to a full circle. Like, you fucking got me, motherfucker. You got me. Like, I feel like that was the plan all along. And I think, I think he um, matches up well against Volkanovski. Oh, dude, I, I mean, thought yeah. about it and was like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Like, right? <laughs> it, it, it's literally the perfect matchup for him, right? Literally, a yeah. Smaller, a smaller guy, a guy that I mean, he does have great cardio, but he uses the clinch, his wrestling. Um, Suhudo's the man at that. Are you going to take Suhudo down? I don't think so, right? I don't fucking think so. And like we've seen, Suhudo's hands have been been looking good as late, dude. Damn, I mean, man. from from TJ to uh, to uh, we'll talk about DJ. My man, bro. Talk about my man. Who's that, TJ? Nah, it's already Cruz, man. <laughs> uh, okay, that was coming. That was the next Still hurt. One. Yeah, that was a rough one for Dominic Cruz. Man, I was, yeah, I was shocked by Dude, that. I was shocked by that. I was fucking tough to swallow for me. I was fucking rooting hard, embarrassing. Hey, what, talking about that, what do you think is next for Dominic Cruz? Uh, talking about that, talking about uh, Dominic Cruz, what do you think is fucking next for him? Oh, uh, so he's in a tough spot. You know what I mean? He I has, think he should retire, I mean, bro. Yeah, that's why I mean he's in a tough spot because 135 is stacked. It is stacked yeah. right now, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's the best weight division, right, in, in, in the UFC right now. There's a bunch of killers. There's a bunch of young guys on the way up. Um, and then he's killing it during the broadcasting. You know what I mean? He's made oh, his money. So fucking you know, good. He it's needs so to try to keep his legacy intact. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see a lot of these, these greats, right, trying to extend their careers a couple of years longer than they should, and they start piling on losses, right? I mean, I love Dominic Cruz. I love the whole WEC rivalry with 
Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber, um, what Right, so uh, so I think he should retire, right? But if he does come back, I mean, there's a couple of fun fights for him, right? They they, they have like a who, Corey like Ken. Well, like they have a Corey Ken Hagen. enough that you think won't beat him. Well, like I was, well, for me, I want to see the Stan Hagen fight, right? Because right. I love their styles. I, I believe Stan Hagen is like the same exact kind of funky. Herky jerky. Yeah, um, kind of like a fucking. Yeah, so he has that same um, style as um, Dominic Cruz, as TJ Dillashaw. We saw those fights, right? The Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw fight. Both fighters are coming off losses. And really, what you want to do if you're the UFC, right? You kind of want to have some of these younger fighters make a name off Dominic Cruz. That sounds horrible, but if he's on his way out. That's what I don't want. That's well, what I that's want. what I'm like saying. Retire. Now, if you don't retire, let's be real. That he's going to become a stepping stone. That's, that's, that's say, what but, I don't want to see. Like, yeah, you put and, your dignity. Don't let your pride get in front of you. And, and he's smart enough, dude. I think he's smart enough. He has all. He has a lot of shit going on besides fighting, right? He's in a prime position, really, actually, to like choose what he wants, right? He don't. He doesn't need to fight anymore just to fight to make money, right? A lot of right. these guys have to do that. But he, he set himself up well. I mean, dude, chill out, retire, do your little ESPN segment, do your uh, broadcast. He hasn't made like that. Like, why? You know, I, I get it. I get that he has that thought because, you know, he loves the sport. But you haven't made, bro. You don't have to get your face matched in to make good money. <laughs> right. Right. Why but wouldn't why? you do it, right? So, but I think this last fight is really going to push him back. I think he's going to be prideful. I think he's going to be like, you know, I can't go out that way, right? Because, I mean, in reality, dude, he did, he did look really bad again. Pride. His pride, he can't let it fucking go. And I talked about that last episode. I was super disappointed how he's still trying to fucking talk some sh- Still trying to talk about how he was coming up. I, it was a sausage, and that's it. And he wasn't coming back up. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He no, he wasn't. Up. He was wrong. Stop. Like, stop going on to fucking the area and going. I was so shocked. I thought that he would go watch film and say, you know what, I was wrong. For him to come out again and say that he still was coming up, where? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't know. I didn't see him coming up at all. He was out. His arms were hanging. He was out. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad look all the way along. I mean, even after the fight, he's, you know. He looked like a big old baby about it. He looks like a baby. He would let go of my hand, like, to the referee. Like, come on, guy. Okay. <laughs> like, come on. Like, talking shit to the ref, talking about he was drunk. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, oh, Take that, out his feet, bro. He's like, I smelt the cigarettes and the beer. I'm like, oh, bro, come on. I can't even. I said, listen, Dom, take the fucking seat. Stop. Like, yeah. Not. All right. So yeah. now that we're done bullshitting, kind of got some um, some recent news out of the way. We could talk about a little recap of UFC 250. Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. Wow. When, what do you think about this unanimous decision? 
Uh, where do I start? It was a blowout, man. It's um, <laughs> it was tough. It was tough to watch. Um, How do you feel uh, about Joe Rogan and DC saying that they should have been stopped? I think that's uh, very excessive. I, I think, think it's a that we should compare it to the Anthony Smith fight to this one. No, that wasn't the same thing. Right, I Anthony agree with that. Smith fight. Versus Glover Trejero, which should have been stopped. This fight, right. no. Um, I don't give a fuck if she was being outclassed because that's exactly what it was. She was in the fight 100%, and she was not gassed out. She was still fighting back. And she was so, I mean, she was, she, she was in the fight, but at a certain point, there was – I didn't see any way of her winning the fight. Yeah, and you I get what I'm saying? That, but she wasn't being murdered the way that Anthony Smith was. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think it's a hot topic right now. Everyone's yeah. talking about whether to throw in the towel, the corner stoppage, you know, all of this. So it's just a hot topic. Everyone's talking about it. It definitely wasn't Anthony, Anthony Smith esque or even Ferguson esque. You know what I mean? Ferguson was getting his ass beat by Gatchy. Um, it, this was just sad because. You know I what think type of beat. It wasn't enough to, to. I feel like he was putting in a, enough work still. Like, she was still, even though she was obviously being outworked, being, like, in every single angle possible on this universe, you, she was still, like, conscious the entire time and working at something. Um, not, I mean, it was not effectively. But it was, yeah, I was going to say, what was she working towards, like, uh, lasting the end of the round? That's about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, what I'm saying is is that she wasn't defenseless, I guess is what I'm getting at. She was defending at all times. And with I feel like with the Smith fight, it was just to the point where he couldn't even stand up anymore. Like, it was just like, I yeah, think censored that bad to where you I had to stop the fight. Right. And the big difference between this and the Anthony Smith fight, is it means anything this was a title fight right i feel like if it's a title fight you let them go a little longer you give them every little chance right yeah i mean the anthony smith glover texura i mean they're top fighters all that so i mean there was no title on the line you gotta save yeah. you know you gotta save anthony like, from him yeah, too much of a for no title fight no nothing just stop the fight bro you got nothing to sleep with this morning. right yeah you know wake up and find another day so one of the other fucking funky little moments that we had on Saturday night was what the fuck was Nunez thinking when she put the belt on Spencer? Right. I think we talked about that night when it happened. Like, what the fuck was that? I'm so, you, you know, you know, we are, you know, I come from all sports, right? And the way I, the way I looked at was it was poor, like, I don't know if it was just ignorance or poor sportsmanship, but. You don't fucking do so, that. So, in all honesty, I think it was the opposite. I think it was, like, her trying to, like, like feeling bad. Honor right? her? But she went, yeah, honor her, right, for the beating <laughs> that she just took. But if I just I, I lost a fucking title fight and you put a fucking belt on me after I just got my ass whooped for five rounds, I'm going to want to punch you in the face. And what was Spencer's reaction, right? That was kind she of scary, like, too, Spencer. She was just well, smiling yeah. it away. Oh, yeah, but it felt awkward, right? She felt awkward, like, uh, do I take it off? Do I leave it on? 
what she's gonna like, happen? Can I walk yeah. off with it? Like, is it? Yeah, right. Is it possible that I just lost every round and I'm, I'm going to walk home with this? <laughs> I've seen this meme where someone posted a picture of that and said, "Send this to all your friends that didn't watch it on Saturday night." Oh man! Imagine that. That would have been good. Oh man. All right, so Love I guess it. the last thing I want to touch on with um, this fight is what's next for Genius. Do you think that we're looking at Valentina at 135 or Megan Anderson at flyweight? And then do you feel like the fight, if it's not going to be Megan Anderson, are they going to dissolve this this uh, weight class? Well, yeah, I think the 145 weight class, you know, I think it was a weight class the UFC really brought on for Cyborg, right? Yeah. She came in at 135, Both so they definitely. built the weight class. They gave her Ash, um, Ashley Smith. They gave her a couple 35ers, right, just so she could have her fight. And, and honestly, once Nunes beat her, took the title, they were kind of stuck, right? Well, well yeah. we can't take it away now because we got a double champ, but we really don't have any girls who's and, fighters. And it's also <laughs> it, and it's, giving them, it's giving the UFC some hype on, on her. Yeah, rally. yeah, that's you. Well, now they can market her as a double champ. Exactly. Um, the only double champ, champ to defend both titles as champion. But what's next? You know, the Valentina fight is legitimately the best fight you can put on at 135 pounds. But Do what, the people want to watch it again? What about Megan Anderson? She's a good fighter. And I believe in Megan. I, I was fighting with you about this on Saturday night. <laughs> Megan who? Megan Anderson. <laughs> oh, What's Megan your name? Anderson. Don't do it yet. Just put on this fight with Megan and then put on the fight with Valentina. So how are you going to do this though, right? So so okay, first of all, Nina's saying she wants to take the rest of the year off, right? My fucking so are you going to put the one hundred and thirty five pound division on hold for a year and a half to give two title fights in a row at one forty five? The way typically it's done. Why not like do one at 145 at the beginning of the year? I mean, 145 at the beginning of the year. And, I mean, I see what you're saying. Why not do 135 and then 145? Well, then who's Megan going to fight? There's no other 145 pounders in the division right now. You're going to have to bring someone up just yes, to yeah. kind oh, of, you know, give, right. her, give talk, her a body. If we, talk, if we talk facilitating the fight, that's more complicated. But I would love to see. I would love to have seen Minions versus Megan Anderson. Unless but they really drop weight. Yeah, and she's too big. She, she's, she's too big. big. She's six she's foot. She, yeah, she ain't going to get down to 135. <laughs> what the UFC has to do, they got they got to get rid of the 145-pound division. It's a little too early for it, right? Let it develop. So what you do is you send these girls back to Invicta, and now they got some legitimate name value, Megan Anderson and Spencer Fisher, what you do, you send them back down and you let that division build an Invicta, right? And what, what's mm-hmm. going to happen, you're going to have some girls that fight uh, Megan and, and um, Spencer, and if they beat her, now you got another girl. And that's yeah, how you slowly yeah. build it. Very smart. But, well played. But the person, the person the UFC needs to get, if they ever want a legitimate 145-pound division, is Kayla Harrison. She's out with the PSL right now. I mean, the PSL is painter. Oh yes, yes. How could I fucking forget about her? Fuck yeah. Right. So, so, so you can't have a 145 pound division without Cyborg or, or uh, Kayla Harrison, right? Cyborg is without. Nowhere with the names, 
dropping though. <laughs> wow, hey, let's go. Don't expect anything less. So, so that's why I say put put the one forty five on the back burner. Burner, let them build up a little more. It's a new division. There's not enough girls yet. You let Kayla Harrison do her thing in, in PSL, make her money over there. She's going to come over eventually. She's going to have to fight the best, right? And that's in two, three years. And then there you go. Let the one forty five come back and and make it happen. God damn it! This being, is why I want this guy as my fucking co-host, y'all. His Instagram is going to be DBaby831. Everybody go put him on blast. Come on as a co-host. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So but, moving on to the um, – and I'll let you pronounce these two names, uh, this, this first name, because <laughs> you kept correcting me on Saturday. Rafael. Rafael Asante. 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 I said it right. Yeah. You said it right. I would say I was pro- I was probably saying because uh, wrong because I was drunk. Okay. Well, versus, there we go. Versus, versus Cody. I think there's Garza. a trend. I think there's a trend going today. We're blaming um, anything on um, being drunk, right? <laughs> anything that makes no sense, blame it on the alcohol. Yeah, and we're going to stick to it. Cody TKO round two at four minutes and fifty nine seconds. Wow. Wow. That was fucking crazy. For a I mean, everyone I mean, was like, did he make it on time? I mean, I remember him so getting you know, up and being like, you know, I have money on the fight, right? I have money <laughs> on the fight. So I was like, oh, dude, that punch was way before the bell. <laughs> and I'm over like, there fucking fighting the against it. <laughs> right. So I was so glad when they, I saw him waver off the referee. I was like, all right. Perfect. But how about that punch, though, right? How about that punch that Cody landed right at the end? Jesus. I mean, he put all – what did I – I see somebody post. He put all those three fucking fights into that fucking punch. That hit. You know what what it reminded me of? It was – but it was uh, Jeremy Stevens against um, RDA, Rafael Del Santos. Oh, yeah. This is back in the day. This is when Rafael Del Santos was barely coming no, out. No, I, I watched was that mainly fight. mainly a jiu-jitsu guy. And Steven came with this, this massive uppercut. I mean, he pulled it all the way down to the floor and came up with it. And when I saw Cody do that, I was like, God damn, dude. Like, that reminded me of just, you know, vintage Jeremy Stevens back in the day. What do you think um, his performance looked like as far as um, his conditioning and his, because, you know, he is with working with Mark Henry now, so. So, actually, I think I think he's splitting his time, he says. He's out in New Jersey with uh, Mark Henry, and he's still out there with, um, who's that, Chris Holdsworth and, and Team Alpha Mal. So, I mean, ah, I'm kind of mixed on his on on his um, performance, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, so, and so, that's what I kind of wanted to bring up because I know that he got the knockout. We 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 got that, but let's exactly. talk about what happened before that. So yeah, that's what I'm mixed at, right? So so I'll tell you this: his greatest disadvantage up until this point was that his recklessness, right? That you know he's too prideful, yada yada yada, whatever, right? Um, and he didn't do that here. He didn't show that he, he showed more control. More control. But right. also what made what made him great was his just like his fierceness, his explosive, his animal, you know, when he was unleashed. Um, also his footwork, his movement, you know what I mean? His I say his defense, you know, some people you might say he gets hit a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just saying. The last 
last couple of fights, yeah, he got knocked out, right? And that was his fighter IQ. That's him losing it, right? And, I and getting think to that, that fire fight. I saw a couple times where, you know, fucking TJ Dillashaw must have hit him fucking six times with the fucking right and left, and motherfucker didn't do shit. That's all I'm saying. Also, well, I, just, we can't, I, I would just say, watch the, watch the Dominic Cruz fight. TJ Dillashaw was also on Royce, so. Yeah, um, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, he dropped TJ in the... Uh, the first round of the first fight, the end of the round. I mean, right. he, TJ was like rock, walking sideways back to his corner. And yeah. sure enough, in a minute, he was recovered. You know, with that, that's EPO right there for you. Yeah. And, and he came and stopped him, right? I ain't uh, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, Gar- Garbron, his defense, look at that, Dominic Cruz. Honestly, it's one of my favorite fights. Okay, yes, yes. Him. That's what you keep bringing it up. But yes, you're right. Yes. I was talking about his last performances. I am just saying. And then, honestly, going back to what happened before the before the knockout, what was happening? Uh, who was winning, right? I mean, I, I guess you could say Cody was winning the fight, but he wasn't out striking. He wasn't out striking him. And he wasn't. He it, he wasn't like. Yes, he's winning this fight. He, like, he, he might have been, yeah, he might have been barely he made. Arguable. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely, to me, I was up in there going to the end and, of the and second you know, round. I was, I was being like, let's fucking go. And you were like, shut the fuck up. I got money on it. Yeah, I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous. It's like, so what I actually saw a little bit was what I saw in Tyrone Willie last week, right? I saw yeah. someone that was a little too, um, he wasn't willing to throw his hands like he used to, right? That's that's what I saw with Willie last week. He was just like he just didn't let I, him go. I left. And, I left at the end of that I, fight. I thought that's I thought I thought that's what Cody was doing. Like he was scared to let his hands go because he didn't want to get counter hit and knocked out again, right? And you know what? He has to build his confidence in that chin again. And yeah. hey, this is one way to do it. Do I think he's a, a title contender now? No, nah, honestly, I mean, the will he, stuff, ever like I said, be, yeah. will he ever be, I don't think that he goes back to who he was. I think he's past his prime. I don't think that he comes back the way he was. I think that his, his prime has passed. I'm not saying that he's not going to be good. I'm just saying that he's not going to be who he was. And I think that that's what I, I think a lot of people are expecting for him to come back, like, whatever. I'm like, I, I just don't see it happening. Well, I think I that, mean, um, he, he has the power, right? Honestly, like you said, unless he builds his confidence back, I feel like that really, you know, that's that whole, like, Ronda Rousey shit that, like, once you get knocked the fuck out, it does something inside you that yeah. Yeah. you can't come back and you never come back the same. Look at what, what happened to her. She's a fucking mess after she got knocked out. She never knew how to recover from that mentally. Some people just yeah. don't know how to do that, you know? And if Cody doesn't get it fucking together, that's going to be him. Even though he got this knockout, I mean, eventually, you don't fight the same style that you were fighting before you were when you were great. What are you doing? Right. Well, that's where the, you know, the coaching comes in. What you're talking about, Mark Henry, right? Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, that's what he had to do, right? The last three fights, he's been knocked out. I mean, Team Alpha Mal's a great team, all that. But they really haven't had a legitimate coach, a head coach, right, since uh, Dwayne Ludwig or Martin Katman. You know, they got Chris Holdsworth. They got a couple of different guys. Danny, um, Danny, um, what's his name? 
Anyway, uh, they got a couple guys that part. over there. They got, yeah, thank you. They got but, a couple guys over there hopping coach, but they don't got a legitimate head coach, and that's what maybe he needed. He needed someone like Mark Henry, which is an OG in the game, right? Right, the right. Legend you know, the game. focusing on unboxing and shit, and, like, you know, but I feel like at the same time, he's part of – and I know this might – I got, <laughs> might get some backlash for this. Um, <laughs> that – he might be the reason why he's so hesitant to to defend um, his chin. He's like worried about getting knocked out, and I feel right, like that right. might be contributing from his training. Kind of like you got to make sure to cover up. You got to make thinking so much un, into it. And I don't think that he used to think that way before. It was just like right. a reaction, and like him having a great coach, in, especially in boxing, is like might be contributing to his thoughts of like defending his chin, defending his chin at all times. And just focusing too much on that and not being able to shoot and just go as a natural fighter like he was before. Right. So what he needs, he needs that balance. He needs the balance to be yeah. the, the ferocious, the, the monster that he was, but also that, that um, fighter IQ, right? I keep saying fighter IQ, just the intelligence, right? And and not going in, picking your uh, spots to go into the kill, so to speak, right? And right. uh, I think that's what he needs to find the balance. And and what he has already, that's why I, I still believe he could be a champion, honestly. I still think he could. It's going to be tough because there's so many murderers in this weight division, a lot of young guys coming up, right? And the, those are the most dangerous because they're so hungry. But, yeah. Um, he, he has the speed. He has the power. He has the footwork, right? So he just needs to balance in some other things that hopefully Mark Henry could give him, right? Right. Um, so, going back to how he looked, I mean, he looked good. He looked he, he looked smart in there. He was not just going wild, and I think right? That's I think that's keyword. What you just said right there, smart. And smart, smart. doesn't sell that's as much fight. You know what does sell fight? Right? That knockout. Exactly. But that's why I mean, you got you got to find that balance, right? You got to be able right. to be smart then then throw that power, right? Find that balance, and, and see the guy has personality, he has look. It almost gave me a sense of like, uh, uh, like kind of like, I don't know if he's winning this fight. Is he like kind of behind? And then it's like you let all these rounds, you're, you're, yeah, you're great, you're controlled. But now you're letting, you know, if you don't know if you win this round, you win the second round, now you're letting – the possibility of you not being able to finish this fight, that pressure on a fighter is, I feel like, where? On a fighter. Right. So it's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's a hard place to be in because it's, at the same time, I get what you're saying. It's great that he has the control and then use the damage, but the, use the damage and the, the, that power when you have to. But the further that that goes on, the more less, the less possibility that you have to do that. Less time. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying, yeah. So that, that that's a lot of pressure, especially when you're not winning it every round. I mean, if you're winning every round, you got your you, you got it going. But if it's questionable and now you waited too long because you were smart for too long, now you've got the pressure of these impossible two fights, two, being down two fights, two uh, rounds. And that's going to wait. Right. And so that's, that's, where, what goes, pop- that's where recklessness comes in. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, that's that's fucking. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever. I can't say. I'm not going to commit to saying if he was or will or will not be champion. But um, what a great knockout. That's all I have to say. And I'll, I'll also say this: whether he becomes champion or not, I know whenever this dude fights, he's either going to knock the fuck out or he's going to knock someone out. And guess oh, yeah. what? He's gonna be like I'll be Steven. watching. He's going to be like Steven. Yeah, I'll be watching one way or the other, right? Someone's getting yeah. knocked out. Alderman Sterling and Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen. <laughs> what did I say? Sanhagen. There you go. <laughs> um, how fucking crazy was the submission? Guy tried to tap and he fell asleep. I mean, that's a shitty thing because, you know, you <laughs> either tapping, you look bad tapping. You look right. bad by tapping, right? Huh? Or you go to sleep and you look bad by going to sleep. So he looked bad by doing both of them. He tapped and fell asleep. Woke up on his belly and was like, "What happened?" And I'm like, "Dude, that's not <laughs> Honestly, good look." One hundred percent. I love. I I like to see a fucking fighter just go out, go out like a fucking man. Fuck it. Don't fucking tap. Definitely. If it's a choke, I mean, dude, you're going to wake back up. So just go out if it's any kind of like <laughs> arm lock. <laughs> Any kind of like uh, joint where your joint joint lock session they call it, you tap out. They don't don't bust your elbow or whatever for uh, yeah. for pie. But going sleep, yeah, take a nap. Yeah. Take a nap. You gain pace. Relax, bro. I tell you what, that was as bad of a outcome that Sam Hagen could have had, and as bad. brave an outcome that that um, Al- Aljo could have had, right? For so sure. Aljo, I mean, dude, Aljo just—he was a beast. <laughs> He, you know, he put that pressure, like I said earlier, he put that pressure, um, made Sam Hagen throw a kick, he caught it, kind of rolled it to his back, and he jumped on his back, right? What was impressive was Sam Hagen, I mean, Aljo got the choke, well, it wasn't a choke, it was on his chin originally. Yeah. So with no sweat, I mean, he was stuck in that position, he wasn't going anywhere, right? He was not but um, Aljo threw on a, the first submission, it was on his chin. I mean, if it was Conor McGregor, he would have tapped, right? Yeah. But, you know, Sean Hagen showed a little more heart than than that. And, he, you know, he fought through it. But, I mean, Aljo's a beast. No one gives him enough credit for his uh, his wrestling, his, like, jiu-jitsu, his, um, his MMA jiu-jitsu, right? Right. I mean, dude, this, this kid, when he came up, Aljo, he was, like, the top prospect on the regional circuit. I mean, this guy was hyped like a motherfucker, right? Uh-huh. And he won his, I don't know, first three, four fights in the UFC. Then he had like a step back uh, fight, Rafael Sanse and Brian Carraway. And then he's been on a, he's been on a run since then. Oh, well, he lost to Marlon Marias. Since then, he's been on a run. And there's no way you cannot give that guy a title shot in his next fight. I... That guy deserves it. He's the guy. I mean, honestly, I don't even think Jose Aldo should get the title shot. But um, I see what you the, know. And this, I see this, what, this is the thing. First of all, he's coming off a loss. How are you gonna? A lot of people feel right, some type exactly. Of way. You know, it's like exactly. a lot of people feel some it, type of way, and 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 it is what it is. You don't fucking give a guy. He's coming off a loss, and that is very controversial because I mean, contradicting of me because Darby Cruz is also coming off a loss. But I was like, fuck that. I don't give a shit. But I think, I think he might even be coming off two straight losses. Yeah. I think he lost to Alexander Volkanovsky at 145, 
that he dropped down to 135 and lost to Marlon Moraes. But I could be wrong. There might have been a fight in between them two. But still, you can't, you know, this is the thing, right? Jose Aldo has the name. Peter Young really doesn't have the name to sell a pay-per-view. Or... It should be 30. It's, there's no fucking way that whole, I agree that Jose should have got that shot. Right. Done deal. Give Sterling the fight. We don't need to talk about it no more. He's the guy. Make it happen, Dana. Neil Magny, unanimous decision. I don't really got much to say about this fight other than Neil Magny never fucking gets tired. Guy got cardio. Right. Fuck, <laughs> man. I got tired got, of watching the fight. You got to finish him. You got to finish him in the first or second round. And, you and, you know, that you guy... really can't. You really can't. You can't take the guy down. You can't fucking put him away. I mean... I yeah, mean, Neil Magny, Neil Magny is the, you know, he is like a gatekeeper, like the best gatekeeper, right? Like if you <laughs> beat, he's a legitimate, like tough, tough fight for any guy, right? If you could beat Neil Magny, I mean, dude, he's top, top five, top, yep. top seven at worst, right? Um, Neil, Neil, Neil Magny, I mean, fuck, he's giving a lot of guys a lot of hard times. A lot and of fucking problems. Like, he has wins over like Calvin Gaslam. Like if you look at his uh at his like record and the guys he's fought, I mean he's fought the top guys. He's on a little winning streak right now, I believe, uh two fight winning streak. Um, you know, he, he took a he was suspended for two years, I believe, so so he has he has to start doing something. Like uh Mike Chiesa, Mike Chiesa for him, right? They've been right. calling each other out the last couple of times. And they're they're about right around the same area. They're about seven to fifteen. Um, Mike has a couple big wins. Carlos Condit, uh, his last Carlos, fight. Uh, and, Carlos Condit, uh, Craig White. Right, uh, and he's on the rise. So, so I mean, that's an interesting fight you put right there. And uh, and one of those guys. I mean, the thing is with Neil Ma- Neil Magny is that he can't get a more. It's been a while since he's been able. To put on a three-fight winning streak, he gets two wins, he gets a loss. He gets two wins, he gets a loss, and it, he's got to push through to make those that that third one. And once he, I believe that once he gets that third one, we're good to go. We're, we're, right, we're and that's to- what makes it, and that's what makes him a gatekeeper. He's never been able to put that. You know, I mean, he yeah. had a nice winning streak to begin his UFC career, right? And that put him into the top ten. But the last, the last three fights that he won was against Eric Silva, Kevin Gatham, and Hector Lombard. But, I mean, this is a this is a post Bellator Hector Lombard. You know, I mean. I mean, uh, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying, but just give me yeah. that name. <laughs> just that name. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> it was a little. I heard that name a little bit. Yeah, that was his last fight, winning streak after uh, he lost. He lost against. Well, he had that loss against Damian Maya, and then he had those three wins, and then he got he lost to Lorenz Larkin. How do you say Lorenz Larkin, dude. Larkin. I got one of my favorite fighters. He put whooping on Neil Magny. That was yeah, the, and then he I came mean, back and won. He came back and won jo- uh, Johnny Hendricks, and then he fucking lost to Rafael. I mean, Neil Magny had some nice names. I mean, former champion in Hendricks. I mean, even though he yeah. was. Yeah, Calvin Jackson. Uh, yeah, but you know, know, Calvin Jackson is no joke. I mean, Fuck no. I mean, Neil Magny has a great, 
you know what? What's another fight I like? Him and Robbie Lawler. You know what I mean? Uh, um, any fight you put, you put Robbie Lawler in every fucking fight, and I'll watch that fucking shit. Right. And I mean, Robbie's just a beast. I want to see him back out there. And oh I, I honestly think, it's just, I, I honestly just, think I it's a, a competition. And he'll come out. And he'll put off in a fucking show. And it's not even just, and, and I'm sorry to do this to you, it's not just a Diego Sanchez show. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> it's not like he's right. a sister and fucking beat, gets his ass whooped. <laughs> fucking getting hit in the face the entire fucking round. But he goes out there and he fucking battles it out. He wars it out. Like, I'll never get sick of watching that guy, man. Let me let me let me back up a little bit. I had a little bit too much to drink already. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I have two fucking buzz balls, bro. <laughs> like a little buzz ready. I think the buzz balls. I, I was nervous, bro. Buzz. So I had to like I had to make sure it was like, you know, nice and flowing, you know, and I, I gotta say this is going rather nicely. I'm on modelo number two. So um a little behind you, but catching up. Right. All right. So, Sean O'Malley versus Eddie. Can you can you pronounce that last name for me, please? Wineman. <laughs> yeah. My That's basic one. Like Wineman. <laughs> yeah, Wine. Now, Eddie Wineman. I mean, that's another OG right there. W WEC former champion. Um, fought for the UFC title. So, I mean, he was a step up for Sean O'Malley. Honestly, I thought I thought Sean O'Malley was going to have some trouble with him, right? Look. But, God, Here's the thing. Well, it's just a huge step up, right? Experienced guy. Um, O'Malley really hasn't fought anyone at this level. He's had a couple fights okay. against um, – what was that? No, yeah. No, I'm just saying, yeah, you're right. It, it, and that has a lot to do with it. Right, and it was, like I said, his first legitimate, um, you know, going up in competition. And, man, I can't say that I saw this coming, but once it happened, I was like, shit, why did I even think that that bigger <laughs> show wouldn't be doing that? You know what I mean? So and let me tell you what I think about. Fashion. If any of you, you yeah. missed that fight, please go watch. I mean, I'm sure everyone heard about it by now. Everybody watched that right. BK by now, but if you if you haven't, go do yourself a favor and please go watch a, a clip of what a fucking brutal knockout that was. Just right well, hand you, fucking smashed. You know, you know who Sean O'Malley reminds me of. I mean, it's a little stretch, but <laughs> he honestly, stretch. he honestly reminds me of of like Conor McGregor when he came up. I know it sounds absolutely crazy, right? But, but I'm not I'm talking about you're the completely crazy. No, no, I'm not necessarily talking about the competition. What I'm talking about is how he fights inside the ring, right? So when wow. Connor first came up, he had that pinpoint accuracy, right? And 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 his movement, like he he fights longer than he really is, right? And I think it's just because. Um, his pinpoint and his straight punches, right? And if you look at Sean O'Malley, his previous fights, he's he's deadly accurate. Um, he changes angles, changes um, stance. So for this fight right here, he started in, um, in um, he started as a lefty, right? Southpaw. Right. 
and then, yeah. and then as the fight was going, he's jumping back and forth. Then right before the ending, he threw like a, you know, he rocked him with a body kick and um, stepping back left hook and the right. And this and was he all just pushed it forward. Right, he was he all southpaw here. He threw a head kick, a spinny head kick, fell down, stood up in, in orthodox, and then faked <laughs> that uppercut to the right hand. And it was just beautiful, just the way he transitions and just his pinpoint That's accuracy, cool. right? And you, it, it, you're right. It, it honestly, honestly reminded me a lot of Connor when he first came in. Like, he was deadly accurate. And precise. And precise. He chooses his shots and fucking perfectly. So... I think I think I think I think Sean O'Malley's legit. The real think, deal. I think I think he's in a perfect position right now. He's in a great spot, right? So the UFC has many options they could go with him. You know, like he's out. You know, he wants main event, co-main event. There's no way you can't he can't main event a a, a fight night card, right? He could main event a fight night card. He could throw him against. There's so many guys. He's calling out Cody Garbrandt. What a banger of a fight that would be! Imagine that Cody and, and Sean O'Malley. Me personally, what do you think would happen in that fight? Uh, well, I think Garbrandt would be the favorite, right? Because I mean, it's a huge step up going from going from Wineland to to um to Garbrandt. It's going to be a huge step up, right? But I I, I see I see O'Malley being hungry. I see him, like, continually growing and getting better, right? So that's a tough fight to pick. It's not really the fight I want right now, and it doesn't make sense for Garbrandt. There's no reason he should take the fight. It's too dangerous for him. Uh, O'Malley's not ranked high enough, um, and Garbrandt wants to get back to the title. What is, you know what is what I mean? O'Malley ranked at right now? Let me see. He's not, I don't believe he's ranked in the top 15. So that's that's what I mean. It's like... As a UFC, you could you could feed him a Cody, but which might stump his growth, and you don't really want to do that. Or there's a couple guys at the bottom of the 15, the the uh, top 15, who right. uh, Marlon Vera. You got Marlon Vera down there. I mean, that would be an amazing scrap. Marlon Vera, his last fight. I mean, he lost, but if you watch the fight, he didn't lose that fight. He won the fight. He got screwed on it. Um, that would be a banger of a fight. If you want to give him, like, um, John Dotson, a veteran with a name, right? And yeah. a funny stand-up guy. There's John Dotson. There's, you know, Rob Font. There's a bunch of stuff you can do. That's the one. I, I mean, if, if you're not going to push him to the top and you're look, going to slowly I, time. I mean, yeah, look, and you're right. Like, um, so – like you were saying, do you really want to push him and put Cody that fight? And if you give him, go, give him the Garbrandt fight, that to me would not be smart of the UFC. Because coming off the win that Cody just had, and then putting a prospect guy, upcoming guy like O'Malley in front of him, it stops the momentum of O'Malley, which is doing good things for the UFC right now. Right. So, just imagine if he wins, though. What happens know, there? But right? are they willing to push that uh, to 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 take that risk? I feel like the last performance of Marlon Vera, Vera, you put him in front of them and he wins that fight, then you give him fucking Cody. That's right, right. I I agree with you. I think you gotta give him one guy ranked 
right between ten and fifteen. There's a couple guys there, right? I don't think John. Dun- I don't. I don't think that I would like to see the John Dodson fight. Saying that John Dodson would give you the name, right? The name, uh, a name and a ranking, right? If you could be a John Dodson, put that on your resume, then that's well, easier for you to catapult. I guess you could say that for the casual fan, it would be. I mean, if that one, right. it would be the opposite. So the question is, do you want to put two young fighters up against each other, right? Because Vera's on his rise, so is um, so is Sean O'Malley. But it's a fight that's been booked before, I believe, or they've been talking about booking a Vera and O'Malley. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with it. That was that was honestly my choice was uh, Vera, Vera and O'Malley, um, and both of them deserve that main event, co-main event. Like, right now during, you know, all this stuff that's going on, like, look at next week. You got Jessica I versus Cynthia Cavillo. Which you're I going to put that as the main event. Also. If you're going to put that as the main event, how can you not put a, a Sugar Sean O'Malley as the main event, right? I mean, Sugar Sean's I- way bigger than either of those girls. Honestly, no, no offense. I, I mean, Jessica Eyes fought for the title. Um, Cynthia Cavillo, I love her. She's from San Jose, this yeah. neck of the woods. But sorry, so, uh, just fuck off with that main event. I, I'm sorry. Uh, it just it it doesn't do anything for me. That fight would do good for me, and it's opening main event. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, the first time the main card, right? <laughs> Yeah, when I heard the fight announced, I, I, same thing. I thought it said main card. I was like, why did they say main card? Then I read it. I was like, wait, main event? Like, all right, I guess. Uh, you know, I guess um, you, have... you got, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you're right about the two young fighters. But who, you know, what best thing to do than to put two fighters to, buy, to break that 15 range? Because right now, Mar- uh, Vera is ranked at 15. Make him fucking fight right. for that ranking. Right. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a fight. If, if you want to push him a little more, you could give him like a Jimmy Rivera, right? Jimmy Jim Rivera. Rivera. Jimmy R- I mean, that's yeah, Jimmy Rivera. Rivera. Jimmy Rivera is ranked 8, though. I mean, not that. Yeah. So if, if you want to give him a little more push and not as a dangerous oh, fight as Rivera like a Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, I, I, I'm no. I'm talking O'Malley and Rivera. Oh. Huh. So, so I think the UFC might want to push him a little, a little higher than just the 15 range. Well, I mean, I mean once again, he had, right now. <laughs> he had two years off, right? He had two years off, just about two years with his, um, you know, issues with uh, USADA and all that, but um. I kind of think they're going to be moving him fairly quickly. If it doesn't mean up the rankings, it means he's going to have multiple fights this year, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. All right. So, I guess you could say uh, Marlon Vera or John Johnson. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Marlon Vera. That's my fight. And, and come on, yeah, dude, that's that a danger of a fight. Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera put some pressure on him, make him – See if we could see a scrappy side see, of of, of Sean O'Malley. Let's push. A, let's see. Let's see them both grind. Let's see who, who grinds harder out of the two. Right, and then Vera's a beast Sean on Sean. the floor, right? That's what he oh, came yeah. up as. Yep. So, so you could test a little of uh, Sean O'Malley's ground game, which he's been working with, you know, some beasts over in Arizona. So, so let's see that part of his game. I wouldn't mind seeing him on the ground. 
so we had the main card on um, the prelims. Um, <laughs> this just has a little bit of conversation <laughs> going around it. That's Chase Cooper versus Alex Caceres. I mean, listen, I knew with Chase Cooper that. Right. So this fight didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, it was a terrible like, I, don't under, I don't understand what the UFC was thinking or, or or what they saw in either of these guys, right? Meaning, Caceres, they kind of viewed him like as a low-level gatekeeper. I mean, Caceres is a lot better than that. If you look at the guys he's fought from Uriah Faber to, um, to you know, Kron Gracie in his last fight, I believe it was Kron Gracie. But um, he's fought some top tier guys, you know what I mean? Has, well, for, he, what you mean? His Keith last Cooper, or his last win. His last win was against Stephen Peterson. Say that again. Against who? Uh, Stephen Peterson. That was his last win, and right yeah. before that, he lost to. He uh, lost against Cron uh, Gracie. Cron Gracie, right? Yeah. So I'm just saying that Alex Caceres has fought a high level of competition for them right. to throw. Chase Hooper, young, you know, kid that has some hype, right? He has the Ben Askren son hype, the little curly hair, the young buck, all this, right? For you, for you, for the UFC to throw him in against Alex Caceres, I knew that was more disrespectful to you. Like Alex Caceres, that that you give him a, a, a young kid like that, so inexperienced, yeah. thinking that. Like, dude, they had to think Chase Hooper was going to win that fight. They wouldn't have gave Chase Hooper a fight where they didn't think he was going to win it because that's the kid, a kid that you want to kind of build, right? Oh, to and give they, him and Alex they, Kisaris, they have been building him. Right, right. But to give him Alex Kisaris makes no sense. It's if like, you fucking get, I'm like, sorry, I swear, it's like feeding the kid to the shark. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was disrespectful right. to him, and Chase Hooper should have fucking known better. Like, come on. I mean, I don't know if he's. You know, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be – he's not going to turn down a fight. I think kid wants the money. He wants the hype. He wants to buy into – people to buy into the hype. So he wasn't going to, um, you know, fucking say no to that fight. I think who should have said no is fucking Caceres. Like, what the fuck? Right. But maybe Caceres this says, is hey, this is fight. This is somebody – But maybe – This is somebody – Caceres is somebody that fought – I mean, granted, he lost. Yahir Rodriguez, but still, he fought fucking Yahir Rodriguez. You're gonna fucking put him against fucking Chase Hooper? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. This fight of all of them on the fight card made zero sense to me. It didn't make any sense. What do you um, think really, for for, for Hooper? Well, you know, honestly, you got uh, you got. He needs to go back and reevaluate his life. <laughs> No, no, no. I'll tell you what. The kid's going to be phenomenal. He's going to be oh, phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. the, once, the, he gets, the UFC, once he gets a little bit of muscle on him. <laughs> and some right, but the UFC game, did him a disservice. Great. They did him a disservice by feeding him to uh, Caceres. I mean, dude, it's, it was just a horrible matchmaking by the UFC. It's almost like they want to, to like, kill one of their hype guys. You know what I mean? It, 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 that's why I'm saying I'm it doesn't to, like, make I'm any sense. I'm trying to make logic of it, but I'm like, what did they want from this fucking fight? I don't see any gain from either. He didn't get better. Yeah. Alex Caceres didn't get better because he fucking beat Chase Hooper. Right. 
I mean, yeah, exactly. He ain't gained anything besides a paycheck and a victory on his record, right? I mean, he
So um, I think I think I don't think we watched this one, right? We might have skipped mind over Mind you, this one. you guys, mind you, and excuse us. Yes, we will be more responsible next time. We we were in the middle of dinner and drink, trying to catch up on these fights. So apologies, we didn't really watch this fight. Um, we can't really comment other than, um, yeah, we can't really comment on this fight. So um, <laughs> I would say it's Gabe's fault because I told him we should not do that. And he was like, it's going to be fine. And so we would just, if you have any issue with that, you can go ahead and hit up GBaby831. <laughs> just blow up my my, uh, uh, my social blow media. Blow up his Instagram. <laughs> So you got Charles. I'm not even going to try. Charles Bird and Makai. I don't know this guy. Makai Petolio. Petolio. I have to and I actually did choice. go back and watch this fight. I went back and watched it um, on Sunday. Uh, man, Makai Petolio. So I watched him fight on Dana White's Contender Series. And he looked like a beast. He looked like an animal, just like, um, you know, power, powerful, you know, your Hawaiian, your typical Hawaiian fire, right? And that then I was, yeah, and I was fairly high on him when he came in, right, for his first UFC fight. He fought this Australian kid, uh, Potter, I believe was his name, and he looked like shit. He didn't look too well. He didn't look good whatsoever. And honestly, I I thought, well, man, I missed on this guy. I totally missed on him. Yeah. And then watching this fight over yesterday, I was like, man, he looked good. I believe in the in the Potter fight, he was fighting at 170. It might have been short notice, and he's originally 185 guy. So uh, he's back up to his regular he, weight. He, I didn't realize he was such a fucking big guy. I just wish yeah. another 185 pounds. Yeah, he's massive. He's a big dude. I don't know how he cut down to 170 in the first place. And maybe that's what had to do with his last performance, how he looked, um, you know, how he looked so bad. Why maybe did the I have that had an issue with it. What was that? I don't know why I have – I don't know. Well, hold on. No, no, this fight was at 185. Charles okay, like, what happened on one hand? Yeah, well, he, he's a 185-er, but the first fight they gave him in the UFC was at 170, and he lost it. It was a bad, must have been a bad weight cut because he looked horrible. In it. Anyway, yeah, so you, he, Gabe just gave you insight on that fight. I can't really give you much insight on that one because I do not remember that one. Moving on. For Juicier. Juicier. Cormiga versus Alex Perez. You hear how fucking perfect I said Alex Perez? <laughs> yeah, sounds like you said it before. <laughs> uh, you got um, Perez by TKO, and this was um, a kick. How crazy is it that we have had two consecutive events with leg stoppages, this being the 11th one? Just straight wild. It's um. In the UFC. You know what? And last, last, the the last one, oh, my fucking God, brutal fucking kicks. That was the, one of the hardest fights to watch. The Gutierrez um, fight? Yeah, the one, oh, my God, the fucking legs. They were just. 
he was attacking both of them. Oh, going yeah. after both legs, inside, guy, outside. They had to stop because the guy couldn't stand up anymore. Ah, this one right here, you know. This one was a little bit Alex, awkward. Yeah, the shot that Alex Perez was landing, you know, wasn't your, you know, if you think about, like, the old school way of how they teach you throw a kick, you want to land with your shin, right, and all that. He wasn't landing with no shin. It was all toes and, like, you know, the top of the foot, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But the trick is that he was hitting that calf, or, like, right, right above the calf. My question is, why don't these fighters use these calf kicks, right? When it first popped up, I don't know, what was the first one? It was uh, for Bellator, I believe. The first time I saw it was Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler lost his bout uh, against Brent Primus. And it was due to this. Uh, Primus him with some leg kicks and his leg went hours and, and whatnot, right? And it's so effective. If you really think about it, you really only need to hit that calf or, you know, right around that calf, I don't know, five times or so. And I mean, it depends who's hitting different. your calf. I think it's important to say it's important who's hitting your fucking calf, you know? Right. Um, um but in the fighters that it's effective, you fucking start you you seen that fight, uh the one I'm talking about, who was it that was fighting, sorry? Um he it's, hit him uh, in the, in the first two, he hit he hit him in the first couple seconds of that round and did not and hit him maybe four or five times and after that fifth or fourth or fifth time, you saw the damage already happening to that leg. And, right. and I, I don't like you're saying. I, it's something that should be more utilized in order to chop the motherfucker down to really disable their stand-up. Might not be to stop the fight via you know kick. It's just to de- demobilize them enough to be able to stump their fucking stand-up and slow them right. down. Yeah, even if you're not going to stop them by the kick, you're going to stop, you're going to slow them down. You're, you're going, going to slow them uh, down. Slow not their movement. Right. So it's just one of the greatest tools. I don't think that is utilized, utilized like it should be. Yeah. So like these fires should be using that, that um, calf kick so much more. Like I said, whether it's for the finish or just to slow your guy down. All right, so... Last up, we got a fight in catch weight. Herbert Burns versus Evan Dunham? Dunham. Dunham. I said it right. Yeah. (laughs) So are we surprised that Burns won this fight via submission? Not not surprised one bit, right? I mean, we all know his (laughs) pedigree in the jiu-jitsu world. I mean, um, Gilbert Burns' brother. Right. Um, I mean, you got Evans who came out of retirement for this fight, right? I don't know if he came out of retirement, but he hasn't been fighting nearly as much as an active fighter would be, right? Uh, so he's a little older. Or he might have came out of retirement. I'm not sure. He came out of retirement <laughs> for this fight. All right. So, Burns hits him with a body kick, takes him down, takes his back, and submits him. Um, let's talk so, about- I don't know if you noticed, though, but Herbert Burns was actually, I feel like he was rocked. 
I saw at one point he was rocked. And if you he see was. how he went for the takedown, it looks like his legs were a little, you know, not fully under him. Um, I did see that. Um, but I think that um, he, he, he I, I wouldn't say recovered quickly. I think that he made do with what he had right away quickly and made right. sure he was in the position to not let this affect him and be able to uh, recover from that. And that's what's important, I feel like. But let's talk about what's more important here. What are we doing with Gilbert Burns? And does he have it? Is he going to be eventually a legit threat to the 145 pounds? We're talking about stack division, right? The Brian Ortiz, right. Korean Zombies, the Zabit, the Holloway, the Yahir Rodriguez. When you think of that, that terrifies me for Burns. Because Based on last night's or Saturday night's performance, do you think he has a take right now to be able to compete with one of the best? Some of the best. Definitely, definitely not right now. Definitely not, right, not now. right now. So, I mean, he's two fights in. Who else we got here? What are we doing with Gilbert Burns? Well, sorry, sorry. Not Gilbert Burns. His brother, Herbert. <laughs> Oh shoot! I didn't catch that myself. <laughs> so, th- so this is the thing about Herbert Burns, right? He's not your Sean O'Malley, super young. He's already, I believe, like thirty-two, thirty-three, right? He's starting. So late. with that, with that said, you got to push him up fairly quickly. It's not your typical young prospect that you could build and and all that. He has two fights in the UFC, both finishes, I believe, both first round finishes. Um, the top tier of the guys, your Ortegas, your Zombies, your Zabit, that's a little too high right now, right? Well, of course, um, but, but let's be real. He is, you're, like you said, they're going to have to move him quickly. He he has no other choice. Who are we giving him in order to put him in the position to fight? Right. So, so late? That, like, it could be something yeah. else that he would be, he would be at the age that he's at but he's already competing at a higher level? No, he's competing. This, he was the first fight. He's, right, competing, right. he's competing super low right now. And I tell you what, he, he, he's lucky that his brother's on a hot roll because being, being um, Gilbert Burns' brother or being, you know, the brother sister to a top-tier so fighter, look at the yeah. Look at the seven yeah, right? Oh my god! I didn't bring that up, bro. Right? Like, look you at know, that. There's something to being a brother of a top tier fighter. So what's yeah. going to happen here? They're going to push Herbert Burns up a little, not just off of of his skills, but also off of his name that he's got through his brother, right? right. So I do think they're going to push him up a little quicker. Um, of course, they're not going to give him those top five guys. All right, so I I got a couple names for you. Okay, let's go. You ready? So let's go. Herbert Burns. If you want pure entertaining, and he's a great grappler, there's three great grapplers in the 145-pound division. You got your Con Gracie, you got your Ryan Hall, and you got your Bryce Mitchell. All three guys are – so Ryan Hall might be in the top 15, Bryce Mitchell and Con Gracie are both outside of the top 50, 15. 
all three are phenomenal jujitsu guys, right? That would and, be a very smart fight. I mean, so I think someone like Ryan Hall would be phenomenal. He's ranked in the top 15. You got like, um, so Ryan Hall is not necessarily your traditional, traditional jujitsu guy. He's more of a leg lock. I mean, he came up, um, he used to do like triangles, weird triangles, all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so he's not your traditional, traditional jujitsu guy like Herbert Burns is because, you know, like I said, Ryan Hall attacks the legs a lot more. So that would be an interesting grappling contest or MMA fight, but the grappling aspect of it, right? Your more traditional BJJ versus kind of Ryan Hall's um, leg lock attack style, right? So that would be an interesting fight. Those three between um, Kron, Ryan Hall, and Bryce Mitchell on the floor, they would be amazing. I like like Ryan Hall. I like that – I mean, another. I, I like another that Ryan Hall call, and then um, like somebody so, like so, Stevens, or you go down somebody like Shane Burgos. Uh, right. So if Herbert Burns wins his next fight, say it's against Ryan Hall. At yeah. that point, you could you could throw him into the top ten. You could throw him into the top ten. You could give him your Arnold Allen's, your um, Shane Burgos, the guys right around the ten, nine, eight well, range. I mean. I think that Arlen, Arlen, uh, Arnold Ar- Allen would be a little too low. But he's on a six or seven fight win. He streak, just so I think his I think his rankings are a little low. He should be uh, he should definitely be ranked higher than that. I would I think it'd be too... Ryan Hall and then somebody like Shane Burgos. That that that's not that's a bad move right the there. Shane Burgos well, that would be is, a perfect uh, pass right there if he could beat those two guys, break that top ten, and you bring yep. in the conversations of Josh Emmett. Uh, Jeremy Stevens. Damn, and then you think about somebody like Kelvin Catter, Cater fighting against him, and it's like, oh, fuck, I can't fucking see that happening. You know what I mean? Right. I think, I, I mean, honestly, uh, Calvin's one of my favorite fighters. That guy's oh, stand up yeah. is so oh, beautiful. The most boxing. clean boxings in the game. So that's one of my sleeper guys for one, one, um, 145. I mean, look at his fight with the beat. I mean, shit. He if that was a five round fight, the beat would have lost that fight for sure. Fuck yeah, uh, Calvin Gatto. Fuck yeah, no I dope. agree with you on that. Let's be real. If they would have gave that motherfucker, a, first of all, it was a main event. They should have gave that fucking fight two. I mean, they should have been. That should have been a five round fight. Right. I forget why it was only a three uh, I, round fight. I don't fight know why, but that buzzed the shit I out believe- of me because he would have won that fight. I believe it was short notice. I believe um, it was supposed to be Zabit and Yair Rodriguez, if I'm correct. And Calvin Catter came in on short notice, so they made it a three-round fight. Not too sure, though. I mean, they were, he was training for the fight, but, I mean, it's not like uh, Calvin wasn't in shape and he wasn't training and he hadn't fought in forever. Just no, I don't yeah. know. I just don't see why they wouldn't have made it five rounds. Right. All right, so that is it, folks. We fucking got through, what, like fucking two hours of conversation? Yeah, just about. That was pretty fucking smooth. I'm going to just tell y'all, I'm going to need you guys to hit my boy up over here and just convince (laughs) him how well we mesh together on this podcast. I might have to change the name, though, because what are we going to do with the name? 
Why didn't I think this uh, through? Yeah, it's definitely not going to be girly with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? I could add a addition to it, you know? Kind of like fucking the fighter and the kid, you know what I mean? There we go. So something like that. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow my Instagram, Girly MMA Fan, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.